Design You Podcast, Episode 23. If you are stressed, stretched, and stuck, and ready to take your life to the next level, reach out to me for a free 30-minute strategy call to see what steps you can implement right now to design your best life. Email me at connect at tinamurray.com and let's create your own unique blueprint to lay the foundations for that life that you really want. Are you ready to create the life you really want? Welcome to the Design You Podcast, where I talk to everyday people who know life can be done differently with a clear mindset, positive attitude, openness to growth, and their willingness to take life to the next level. Get ready to design you. Hi guys, Tina Murray here. Today I'm welcoming to the drawing board Helen Bolger-Harris. Helen specializes in supporting particularly creative or spiritual women to grow their businesses and themselves by creating more focus and structure in their lives so they can do more and be more on their terms. Helen herself identifies as both a creative and spiritual with a solid grounding in more structured left-brain thinking. She successfully blends the strengths of both hemispheres to create a unique and impactful approach for her clients based on her own successful journey to balancing achievement and fulfillment. Join me as I chat with Helen about being productive. Hi, Helen. Thanks so much for joining me on the Design You podcast. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you. What are you doing to design your best life? (sighs) What am I doing now? Um, okay, so I started, when I think of design, because we're at the start of the year, mm-hmm. I tend to think of planning for the year. So I actually started that before the end of last year, which is what I usually do. Mm-hmm. So right now, what I'm doing is tinkering with those um, plans or what I like to call inspirations uh, for the year. And I'm currently developing some offerings for uh, my business and working on some of the habits that I want to be designing for myself this year as well and implementing. Now, I like it that you're calling your plans inspiration. It makes them sound so much better than a plan. <laughs> that's good to hear. Yeah. I, I, in fact, that's, it's very deliberate because I, you know, I've got a, a corporate background and planning was something I did every single day. Goal setting was something that was just uh, my bread and butter and project management. And uh, that's all what I call very left brain and it's not to put it down but uh, for me it was actually after a while it became fairly dry so when I decided I wanted to start my business and for me it was natural uh, focusing my business on productivity mm-hmm. but I found once I started my business and I'd, I'd been using you know this sort of left brain uh, way of uh, doing inverted commas doing that it was very dry and it, it actually wasn't resonating with me as much let alone you know uh, the potential then with clients so I thought uh, I, you know I was on this parallel process of actually liberating my right brain more that I think has been I've caged it for, for most of my life and I realize now I'm actually both right and left brain so uh, the right brain being uh, tending to be more creative and mm-hmm. Uh, imaginary and non-linear and all that sort of thing. 
So now I like to infuse my yeah goal setting with uh, inspiration, intuition, more of that sort of right brain uh, perspectives, which makes it so much more fun for me and for the clients I'm working with. Yeah, and I I like that um, it's actually integrating both because I think often people think that you're one or the other. And look, we might have a tendency towards one or the other, but I'm the same. I'm very structured, but I'm also very creative. And I think the reason I can actually do so much is because I can blend the two together because tell me what you think about this, but I really believe that our creativity works really well when there's some structure around it because if you know what you're going to do and when you're going to do it, your brain's not thinking of 50 million other things. You can actually just focus on what is needed to be done, which gives you the opportunity to be creative. What's your thoughts on that as a productivity coach? Definitely agree 100%. Most of us probably fall into the, the under the bell curve, so to speak, using the left brain concept, uh, meaning that the, the majority probably fit in, in the middle sort of uh, span if we were to think of the continuum for left and right brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there will be those who will be you know, predominantly uh, more to the left uh, side, the left brain stronger uh, side. Others will be more the right brain. But both are equally valuable. And mm-hmm. I completely agree. Utilising both, which is what I love to do, where I provide some shaping structure, if you want to call it. I, I'm, as I said, really changing my <laughs> language. And and so some shaping, because to me, it's a bit of a, I've set the frame or I've set the scene. Mm. I haven't got all the detail and I'm allowing flexibility with that, mm. that part of it that is then the more right brain. So it's the best of both worlds as I see it. Mm. So how important is flexibility, do you think, in our life? Oh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all about balance. I'm, I'm, I'm living <laughs> and uh, being both left and right brain, I think flexibility is, is integral. I think when we're flexible, we can adapt more easily, we can do it more quickly, we can do it at different levels of depth depending on what's required. We can actually be more innovative. Uh, I, I just, you know, we're able to fit in better with other people. If we're, if we're inflexible, that may, you know, we may not be able to be as, uh, as, as understanding and as creative with our relationships, our ways of working with other people, our communication. So uh, to me it's, it's a real strength that if someone has a high degree of flexibility. Mm. And so when people are looking to be more productive, what sort of suggestions do you have? I mean, I know everyone's different. We all have different needs, but is there something across the board that we can utilise? I I think across the board would be to actually, for each person to become more aware if they're they're not, around what their strengths are Mm -hmm. and to utilise those strengths. So for those people who are perhaps more at the left left you know side side of brain at the um, end of the continuum then they're going to probably require a fair degree of structure and planning a high de- high level of uh, degree of, of detail in planning and that's what works with them best they and I'm generalizing but I tend to like a lot of certainty and that's that's great if if that's what they need they need the the detail they need the time frames then work with that for people that are more towards the right end uh, of that of that spectrum, that sort of stuff is actually uh, can be suffocating. Mm-hmm. Their, their, their mind may not necessarily, that's not important enough or as much to them, that level of detail. Uh, people with the right brain and tend to be big picture thinkers, not so much the detail. So it's a matter of going with what your strength is and finding the ways that will bring out those strengths. And when you are actually working with your strengths and what is so 
comfortable for you, then you're more likely to actually be in flow. And mm. those one of my favourite words. So it goes it goes along with flexibility. <laughs> <laughs> Both staff of the FL as well. You've got to sing for FL words. Coming back to that though, with you know the difference between someone who's extreme right brain and extreme left brain, how can we work together? Because there's nothing more annoying for a really creative person to be have someone who has the you know, the systems and you got to do it this way and vice versa for someone who's really is more comfortable and has their strengths in something that they need that sort of certainty. It's really difficult when someone's going with the flow. And so how can we work together in teams to be able to utilize all of our strengths without it suffocating each other or driving each other crazy? Yeah, I think that's a, a great question. And I think it's more and more now for teams an issue. We're aware that there's actually a lot of strength in having a team that has different people with different ways of thinking. Mm. Uh, and, and each has their strengths, as we've been talking about. But, yes, what can come with that is the challenge of working together. I, for me, it's around communication. It's, it's communication and respect to be able to respect that that next person may not work in the same way that I do, but they do have their strengths. They can you know, think of different, in different ways, different possibilities to perhaps what I can. And it's a, I think it's a matter of, of, of coming to a, a midpoint where there's that level of understanding that if, if, as I said, communication, I'm really big on, on that. So understanding where the other person is. I think if in terms, in teams, if uh, team members, and of course, if there's a, a leader, that's uh, part of the, the leadership role that I see as well, mm. is to make it clear the way that different people work and to see it's almost, I see it as being a big jigsaw puzzle. And where do those various pieces that the team members are that fit together? And knowing that, yeah, you're not going to be the perfect, um, you, you're not looking for a replica of yourself. You don't want wow. the exact shape of that jigsaw piece you want something that's a little bit different because they add something else but it's finding that middle ground of where you can get that flow I'll bring that word in again a rather than tension that can happen so a lot of a lot of give and take and that shared understanding and testing you know give, playing it out seeing how it works and again that's where that flexibility comes in <laughs> And that's true. Like even, I mean, tension in the design process is actually a really important part of it is because it's when you get that tension is often when you'll get those eureka moments when someone's pushing you to think differently and it might take you off on a completely different tangent, which might be where the gold is. You just don't know until you've experienced that tension. So tension has its spot as well. So it's not just necessarily about being balanced, is it, in this teamwork? It is about challenging each other to bring out the best of each other, as you said, with respect and yeah. uh, and as best communication as we can. Exactly right. I think there's a lot of growth. That's where a lot of, like you said, the gold can be found, the growth for individuals and you know, we, we, we all have to get on with different people, that, you know, people that are very different to us. And this is a great example of how uh, that can happen in, in talking about a, a team environment in a workplace and having a common, a common goal or inspiration, whatever word you want to use, mm. that is uh, obviously a collective, uh, you know, why, uh, as in W-H-Y. 
that people are all wanting to uh, aspire to and knowing that they need to be able to work with other people to be able to achieve that. Mm. Something I keep noticing, uh, you often are really conscious of the words that you're using because, you know, like structure and shaping, etc. So tell me more about that because I think it's a really important tool for people to understand what they're saying and what it really means for them, even if it might be projected somewhere differently for someone else. Yes, it's a really interesting concept. I I used to use a lot more traditional, inverted commas, traditional words, as I said, coming from a project management uh, corporate background. What I found, though, because I'm working predominantly now with people who are more at the right brain end of the, the spectrum, I don't, uh, I'm not saying I don't work with others, but that seems to be the, the market that I'm, I'm best able to serve at the moment. And so these uh, traditional left brain words don't, they don't mean so much to them. And in fact, for some people, it can almost be jarring. Mm. And so I realised, because it was such a natural, it was, it was my language. So I've realised that over time, it, it was helpful to them, but also to me, because I do, I am both left and right brain. I actually, I felt lighter with, with using some of those words. And they were they were more more creative. For me, they were more creative, more inspiring, more playful. So I am really deliberate. Uh, I've always loved reading and writing. It's uh, their passions of mine. So language is something that I really enjoy. And shaping it <laughs> in that way uh, has, has just brought it to life for me in a whole new way. And for my clients, it's it's like I'm 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 tuned in with them uh, better by by using those sorts of words that resonate with them. Mm. And tuning in is really important into who we are. And you've already talked about our strengths um, and how we communicate. What else can we tune into to really make us more productive and, you know, to get to, get us to go in the flow? Mm. Well, the first thing that comes to mind when you say that is, is our intuition, which um, generally speaking may not actually be uh, a, a thing that's even thought of with, say, goal setting or, or planning for teamwork, etc. Or working as an individual, uh, I I I actually never thought I was intuitive. I grew up, and for a lot of my adult years, as I said, so left brain, working in that sort of environment, I just thought, mm, well, the intuitive gene just bypassed me. That's for sure. <laughs> and over over time, though, as I was doing a lot more personal growth and exploring this this right brain side of me, I realised that actually hey, you know, I was getting some hunches, some feelings about things and I thought I'm actually, I actually am a little bit intuitive and it was a little bit like a muscle. The more I, I exercised it, so to speak, uh, worked with it, the more that I could hear it when I, when I actually took the time to, to listen to it, to feel it, experience it, and then I learned to trust it. Mm. Now, in terms of tuning in, as you um, asked about, it's something in terms of productivity that for me personally is something that really shapes the way that I work and I'm much more productive utilising my intuition. Uh, that could be around, you know, what's the next best thing I should be doing? Um, should I perhaps be, be doing that? Is that person, you know, is that what that person's offering the best thing for me for now? Yeah. That type of um, type of thing. And it's something that I find that the clients that I, I work with uh, really resonate with that. And a lot of them are actually fairly intuitive anyway. So, uh, again, it's it's being in rapport with my clients. And, and, and for them, like me, 
they haven't led with that necessarily or they haven't thought that that was a way that they, they could actually use that as their yeah. strength to become more productive and that's what I help them do. Yeah. So how can you help people get in touch with their intuition and to trust it? Because yeah. you're right, we can be completely intuitive, but if we don't trust it, it's worth nothing. So what, what do you do to help people to guide through that? Well, I'm a really big uh, proponent for uh, meditating and so I, I uh, regularly practice that and I encourage people to, to do that. I see that it's benefit for any, you know, everybody and anybody. And so I believe that when we meditate on a regular basis and we sit and listen, it's actually our intuition that, and, and people might have different words and that's fine, but for me it's my, my inner wisdom or my intuition that actually comes because I'm giving it that space, that voice. And I think the more that uh, someone can, can actually prioritise that time, even if it's 10 minutes a day, to be still and to, to sit and, and allow what comes, that I think the more that someone does that, the more they are able to listen and to take note. And I think that what happens then is throughout our day, we start to, it increases our awareness of things that can happen, you know, synchronicity uh, moments, you know, um, you know, it might be, oh, I'm trying to think of an example, you know, oh, I'm thinking of someone and then, you know, not long after and they've rung or they've emailed or something like that or uh, I've, I've had a thought about somebody and then they might actually, that person might say something that's like, yeah, that's what I was thinking, you know, that came to me. It's, it's, it's just raising that, that awareness and I'm also really big on, on sitting with it and how it feels in our body because our body has its own wisdom and we rush, 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 rush. And I'm thinking of, um, you know, Urquhart Tolle, you know, the power of now and, and, and uh, for instance, a process that I can do with people because I'm a productivity coach, I'm also a therapist, uh, is, is allow them to sit and actually identify where in their body they might be feeling a particular emotion, for, uh, for instance, mm-hmm. and going through what is a... a I suppose in a way a type of a self-inquiry process and having them ask that part of the body what is it that what's coming up what's the message what is that part of the body actually wanting to 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 say to that person and in I, I see that as a a form of intuition so mm-hmm. it's, it's allowing it it's giving it permission it's encouraging it and and having that uh, awareness and it will grow and grow, yeah. So how can people get in touch with you? Okay, so my website is my name, so that's www.helenbolgerharris.com. I'm also, I have a Facebook page, business page, and that is Helen Bolger Harris as well. And that has, I think, has the hyphen, um, but my website doesn't. So between Bolger and Harris, it's it's all one word. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're probably the best ways to get in contact with me. My contact details are, uh, are on those pages. So, cool. yeah. And so in 50 years' time, where would you like to see yourself? <laughs> I won't say how old I would be by then. I will be alive. <laughs> That's number one. <laughs> oh, I, I, I just love this. I love it. Ah, I, I will, will be uh, this image of me sitting on the veranda somewhere. <laughs> I've been active in the morning, and this is my my little bit of a rest. My I'm very much into yin and, and, and yang, and so this is my 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 time of rest after a really full morning, and I've been. 
I look, I, I want to um, stay in my business even if it's part-time. I, I need a lot of mental stimulation. I love, I love serving. I love working with my clients. I can't see myself ever wanting to stop doing that. So I may well have, you know, for instance, had a client session that morning and, and writing and passions in terms of my creativity. Uh, I, I do a little bit of artwork. I'm certainly no expert, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's the process that I love. Yeah. And, and so I want to be doing all those things that are creative and traveling. And just uh, to me, productivity is the doing, but it's also the being, it's the fulfillment. Mm-hmm. So I want to have rich experiences that I feel fulfilled from. And that includes, of course, relationships as well. So yeah, I, I'm excited for the next 50 years for me. So, well, that does sound exciting too. I love the fact that you, you're just fully embracing the idea and you're going to be here, you, you're determined. So in those 50 years, you were talking about the relationships. What do you think with, um, you know, developing those deeper relationships, how can they help us and how can they help us when we're going to be more productive and having that yin and yang that you're talking about? How do you see relationships fitting into all of that? I actually think they're they're really important because, uh, of course, our biggest relationship is with ourselves. But in terms of other people, we don't work in isolation. I mean, I... Uh, I don't have staff, so I, I my business is, and you know, I, I'm its employee, so to speak, CEO, whatever. Uh, but of course, I don't work in isolation. I work with uh, lots of people, and that includes, of course, my clients. It includes people that I might be outsourcing some of my work with. Um, you know, people uh, in when I'm networking, meeting knowledge partners, referral partners. You know, the wider world. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to me, relationships therefore are really important because. And, and I'm very big about wanting to have a win-win. Collaboration mm. is, is, is also uh, really important to me. I'm not about domination and I, I, will, I will step into my power, but I don't see that as, as domination. I think they're very sure. different things. And so what I look for is, is being able to collaborate and have, a, have a, a win-win where both needs are met to the best, uh, to the best point that they can be. Sometimes that's not, you know, right in the middle. Sometimes it might be more towards one side than the other, but to negotiate and to, and that's where, again, with that communication, we're talking about teamwork before, that communication is just, it's just so vital. And so relationships, they obviously can serve our needs, but it also, of course, is, you know, it's reciprocal and that's this yin and yang. It's actually, it's, it's the taking and the receiving but it's also the giving. Mm. And, you know, I, I think that uh, there's a lot of, of value that comes back to us, whether it's energetically or physically, when we actually are offering to others. And it mightn't be that person, it might be, you know, in, in some other way. And uh, I believe that we we work best when we're working with other people. I don't mean, as I said, they have to be in the same uh, work structure, mm. but in the in the more broad sort of uh, world and community and that sort of thing, it can it can challenge us. We're, they're often our mirrors. True. Often, yes, our shadow side that comes up, and we don't want to acknowledge that, and we can be triggered by them. And of course, it's so easy to blame other people. But if you actually can step back, they're often mirrors, and that's where our learnings and where we can love. Not so we, and of course we love ourselves, but but it's another another form, another dimension of that. And and I mentioned that word receiving. And for a lot of us, that's not always so easy. Mm. 
So I see that as another opportunity with relationships as well. Yeah, for sure. Why do you think we're not good at receiving things? That Many of us give up a lot of ourselves but are not so great at being at the other end of it. What do you think that is? I think, and this is, um, you mentioned it, uh, asked asked about it in relation to productivity. What I find when I see clients, and I work predominantly with women, is that when they might have issues around time management, uh, procrastination, that sort of thing, not always, but often there are issues around boundaries. Mm -hmm. Having, you know, this sort of saying yes to things, not being able to say no, as I said, set those boundaries. So for a lot of them, it can be a, a real issue around, you know, wanting just to, to do everything and we actually then don't have as much time for ourselves and the relationship mm-hmm. that we need to be having with ourselves and serving ourselves. And, you know, you can imagine if you're saying yes to a whole lot of things and that just in, impedes your time, mm. uh, then you're going to have an issue with time management. Mm. But this is what I say, and the same thing with procrastination, often these symptoms or Band-Aids, they're not necessarily the core issues. That's where I will work, and that's often where the therapy part comes in, sure. around, uh, people around helping them with their self-esteem uh, uh, if, if required and, and building up those boundaries. Mm. So tell us more about procrastination because, uh, you know, a lot of people I hear know that they're procrastinators. What, what are typical traits of why we do it? Ah, well, I suppose the um, usually the most underlying thing is that whatever it is we're procrastinating about, we see some sort of level of discomfort with doing it. Sure. So it might be, you know, I mean, it might be physical pain, but quite often it's 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 fear. It might be boredom. People, of course, don't don't like to be bored. It can be also. Uh, complicated so there's that feeling of overwhelm where do I start I've got no idea Mm. so you know obviously the the specific reasons will will vary but underneath that is the is the thought that whatever it is that we're procrastinating about we're not actually going to enjoy there's going to be some level of pain or discomfort and so what we do is we replace it with something that is more comfortable uh, more enjoyable uh, won't have that same degree of, of discomfort and it's really interesting unpacking with people what's and and and, and we're, we're very good at making excuses. We we trick ourselves constantly, and so we can feel very legitimate in saying, "Well, I'm not doing that thing now because of blah 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 blah." But often, what they've said is the is the reason. It might be part of it, but often there's other those more of those deep seated uh, fears and and uh, concerns, anxieties underneath it. Mm. And with something that is boring or something that's tedious that we really don't want to do, I've what works for me, and I'm someone who does get a lot of stuff done, is I will actually work on that first and get it over the over and done with, and then I reward myself with having the good stuff that I want to do, or even if I'll plug away a little bit a day to do that tedious thing and then reward myself with the good stuff. Are there other ways, um, that works for me, but it doesn't mean it works for everybody else. Is there other ways that we can get through the tedious stuff that life does throw at us? Yeah. 
The way that you've just described it is, is I'm thinking of Brian Tracy who's got a, a, a very famous book called Eat That Frog and he, that frog is that tedious, boring thing that you just were referring to and that's exactly what he says. He says, do it first thing in the morning, eat that frog, then the rest of your day is going to be a lot easier and that works for a lot of people and as you've said, that works for you but it doesn't necessarily work with uh, for everybody. Sure. And so ways that people can perhaps get around it, make it less tedious, I think is is bringing in that play aspect. If there's a way to do that, to somehow make it seem uh, in like um, instill some fun into it. Depends on what it is, but it might be, you know, if I'm mining and I'm thinking, oh, God, I'm just so sick of that, put on your music, dance, you know, while you're, as in, you know, get yep. some that um, uh, movement happening. You're still ironing, but you're, you're doing it in a more playful, fluid uh, way, uh, you, you know, singing your, your lungs out as, <laughs> as you're doing it, that type of thing. Make it more fun because when things are fun, we're more likely to do them. Yes. Of course, the other thing is, which is what you said, is breaking it up into into smaller smaller parts, mm-hmm. so that it's it's because quite often, if we think it's going to be boring and we think it's going to take forever, yes. of course, you know that's doubly worse. So if we can break it up as as you've done in the smaller bits, that can help. And then the other thing I'd say also is to tie it into, I used the word why before as in W-H-Y, tie it into our why. Why are we doing this? Yes, I don't like the ironing or the dishes or whatever, you know, uh, of housework. (laughs) See how much I love that. But uh, whatever it is, there's a higher purpose to whatever it is that we do. So what is that higher purpose? Where is it going to take us when or what are we going to receive or experience when we've done that? And to use that as our motivation uh, uh, each day, particularly in those moments when we think, oh, I, I don't want to do it now, but I don't know if I'm going to want to do it later. Okay, I'll do it now or I will do it later, but to actually follow through in that later time. Mm, that's the fun bit, isn't it, the following yeah. through? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to leave some words of wisdom with our with the people listening, how can we go about designing our best life? Oh, wow. I think for me, when I think of of time management or time mastery, because of course I'm going to think of productivity, that's being my specialty, it's it's actually not so much the managing the time, it's managing ourselves. Mm. And I believe that that, (sighs) personal productivity is so entwined with how productive we are at work in our businesses or if we're an employed uh, work, whatever the situation. And to know that our world is a mirror. I mentioned that before. Mm-hmm. And that le- raising that level, having developing that level of awareness, uh, I, I, again, I'm, I'm thinking, I think it was Urquhart Tolley talks about the, uh, may not be, but the witness, uh, becoming observers of our own lives of this is what I'm saying I'm doing and I might have these reasons that I think are what they are, but is there actually a witness or, or observer part of me that says, yeah, I know it isn't. <laughs> and that's what I do with procrastination. I, I've, I've developed up uh, enough of an awareness to say, yes, I'm procrastinating. Okay, I have a choice here. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? Or no, that's not procrastination. It's actually a legitimate reason. And these are the reasons and this is why. Because time competes. You know, we, we our priorities um, compete. We, we often can't do lots of things. And, of course, multitasking is, is a big no-no. So, so it's around managing um, 
ourselves focusing on our personal development and that will then be reflected in how we can design it and have a quality design of our lives. Mm. Quickly, touching on multitasking, being a no-no, tell me more. Ah, well, oh, goodness, where do I start? I'll make it really brief. Uh, The science has shown that we lose so many minutes, I think it's 23 or something like that, when we switch from one task to another. Mm -hmm. We think that we can, you know, like juggling the balls in the air, that we can do a whole lot of things, particularly if we think they don't need a lot of concentration. But when we switch tasks or when we're actually doing more than one task at a time, we're dividing our attention, our focus. And that focus is another F word that I absolutely love. It's it's, when we're focused, we are are more creative. We are more energised. We are usually uh, able to do things uh, more quickly, more effectively. The quality, you know, for me, it's not just quantity, it's quality, you know. Mm, um, and, uh, but when we, when we multitask, we usually, it, it takes longer, our, our attention's divided, so the quality is usually not as good. Our energy is depleted because our brains and maybe even our bodies are trying to do, you know, different mm. things um, at once, and it just doesn't work. It's a yes. bottom line. Oh, you're preaching to the converted here. I actually wrote a blog about it, which is about efficiency. But the big thing I say in it is forget multitasking. It just takes up more of your time. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I think um, when you talked about words of wisdom, I think, you know, we both agree then that, that being able to focus on one thing at a time is an absolute key to success in life. Yeah. Thank you, Helen. It's been great focusing with you and flowing with you. <laughs> and what was and what was the other one? There's another FL. That's it. Thank you. So big F words from. Yes, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thanks, Helen. It's been awesome. Oh, thank you. You too, Tina. I've really loved it. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. A huge shout out to you for being here, for listening in, and being ready to step up to the drawing board. I honour your spirit and your openness to growth. If you have a mate who you think will benefit from hearing today's message, please share this episode with them. Another great way you can support us is to subscribe or to leave a five-star review in iTunes. These reviews really do assist us to raise the visibility of the Design You podcast and helps us to reach Design Yours from all walks of life. I really do appreciate the time it takes for you to do that. So thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Design You podcast. You'll find the show notes over at tinamurray.com. Can't wait to see what you create as you design it, communicate it, and live it.